Welcome to our special edition March Break podcast. Our church has designated March as a sacred month of prayer and fasting to end abortion. And so we are devoting two podcasts to this topic of mothering for the purpose of both equipping current moms, but also for those who might find themselves in a pregnancy that they weren't planning, wondering how in the world can they endure the call of motherhood. Today's podcast is called Mothering, Beginning and Finishing Well, and Rebuilding a Biblical Worldview in an Anti-God Totalitarian Culture, including reasons why abortion is not an option. I serve as the Women's Life Director and Biblical Counselor of Women at Harvest Bible Church, and Sandy Drew, who is the Women's Life Assistant, is joining me today. And so, Sandy, can you share with us a bit about your role as or how your role as mother began. Sure. Thanks, Susie, for including me in this podcast. I think this is a great topic that many Christian women are thinking about and wrestling with, how to best parent in our current culture, myself included. So I married Paul when I turned 30, and we became pregnant shortly after. We ended up having um, a miscarriage at around six weeks that really shook me and had me questioning what I did wrong, how I could have prevented that. And now I know that there was nothing I could have changed to be able to keep the baby, but it was still a really big loss for us. Um, We became pregnant right away after that, and we had twins, and that was a huge life change. I thought I knew what I was getting into, but I quickly realized, nope. Then we had our third baby right before the twins turned two, and that was a really busy time. And then two more years, and we had our fourth child. Yeah, that's really being thrown into um, motherhood, and I um, I personally didn't realize that you had a miscarriage in those early months. This mm-hmm. is actually the first time hearing of that, which I think just makes this podcast even more special because you just uh, join us with such a wealth of experience and personal, um, you know, things that you've had to work through and. Uh, relate to in in a world that sometimes doesn't talk about that part mm-hmm. of, of mothering and the loss of that. And so your experience and your wisdom will uh, just really add add to this podcast. And, uh, and then um, so grieving through that, mourning through that, and then being blessed with twins <laughs> and, you know, the challenges and blessings of that is, is super cool. And, uh, and then having little ones shortly after that again. So those were busy years and I, I can relate to much of that because I had five children in six and a half years and they were busy times. And I, I get that we, we both get it from a human perspective. We can make excuses and we can complain about how hard it is. And it can be hard, but that's not what we want to focus on today. I think we need to hear enough of that in our culture. I know so many times when I would take my kids out when they were all young, I'd have five little ones with me and people would look at me at the grocery store saying, are all those your kids? (laughs) Or, wow, like you must be so brave. And it just fed um, uh, a selfishness in me, like that little bit of, you know, feeling sorry for myself or like, wow, like I... I have it so hard and that wasn't actually helpful. It would have been better to motivate and encourage and and remind me that uh, being a mom was a biblical thing. It was something that God had designed for me and that having five children is a blessing. 
because that's what it is. And so uh, today when we share some truths, there can be truths from God's Word. It's going to be on how we can begin and finish well uh, in an anti-God world, in a totalitarian culture. And some of the things that we're going to talk about today are things that maybe Sandy and or I did well, but some of the things we failed and we learned from them. And so the truth of mothering lies not in our experiences, but on the unchanging, failing Word of God. And so I wanted to start with uh, how do we begin well? And I think we have to recognize that beginning well means that it begins with God and not you. He created us to be women, women with uh uh, womanly features and characteristics that have been created to nurture and raise a baby. He gave us that egg to be fertilized. He gave us a womb to carry our baby, a birth canal to deliver your baby, and breasts to feed our baby. Uh, we didn't create that baby. God did. It was his choice, not ours, even if we think we decided when we wanted to have that baby. And so if you're pregnant or you've just given birth to a baby, you can be sure that that baby is his plan and his purpose. He designed your body and your spirit to be life-giving. And no matter what your circumstances are, he has created you for this. Any part of you that resists this is actually an effect of sin. And so I just want to take a moment and say that right now I'm talking to women who are pregnant or who have already had a baby. And I just want to acknowledge that some women aren't. And some women, maybe they aren't married, and so they, they aren't able to have children. Or maybe they've lost a baby like Sandy through through um, a miscarriage. And there is incredible pain with that. And we have to trust that that is part of God's purpose and plan as well, that He is still good even in the pain and the loss with that. And uh, certainly, we could uh, talk more on that subject, and we're not going to do that right now, but if you know Sandy, I would encourage you to to chat with her one-on-one. -on -one. If, if you have experienced a loss like that, and if you're grieving, I know she would be able to offer you some great words of encouragement and support. And so we don't want you to feel unnoticed or unheard. We want to uh, continue to, to love on you, but regardless of our circumstances, whether we have children or not, I believe it's so important for us to have a biblical worldview about mothering and to understand that pregnancy begins with God. And with that thought in mind, we have to acknowledge that children are a gift. They aren't a right. And if we have been blessed with a child, it is absolutely essential that we raise our children with open hands. They belong to God first and not to us. Uh, Sandy, would you be able to expand on what that means? Yeah, so we've heard it preached many times here at Harvest that ownership is the enemy of stewardship. We don't own our children. They are entrusted to us for a time, and God's Word helps direct us in how to raise them. And I think ultimately we want to raise our children to serve the Lord throughout their whole lives, and we want them to become strong in their own relationship with Jesus. Um, I think as mothers, we... We have a hard time letting go of control. I know that I do. Um, and to trust fully that God loves your child even more than you do 
even more than you ever could in our in our human capacity mm-hmm. just to trust that he he has a plan for their lives too yep trust is huge right mm-hmm. and if we're still trying to control or if we're holding them with tight fists it really shows that we're not really trusting god which means we don't really know who he is how powerful how loving he is and that he is really sovereign over this entire universe and that we're merely his creatures that have been entrusted with with responsibilities like raising children and that they ultimately belong to him. And so we need to do a little bit of soul searching and maybe some more Bible study so that we can understand more of who he is and grow in that ability to trust. Because from a human perspective, we will, like we will be afraid. We will Mm -hmm. try to hold on because we have such a sense of responsibility, but we have to realize that that responsibility has been entrusted to us and that ultimately God is sovereign over Mm -hmm. all. And that takes a lot of Mm self-surrender. So I also wanted to just expand on my comment uh, when I said he designed your body and your spirit to be life-giving and that no matter what your life circumstances are, he has created you for this. Uh, any part of this that you resist is an effect of sin. And I know that almost sounds uh, offensive and it's hard to hear, but we have to acknowledge that mothering is not to be taken lightly. It is a high calling because it's more, because it's more than just a call to raising healthy children or a, a call to raising children that do well in school, but it's a call to discipleship. And in order to be able to disciple our children, children who who uh, love God, who w- worship Him, who work for Him, and to walk with Him. If we're going to raise those kind of children, it starts with us. And that means we have to first be discipled. We have to be willing to grow and to do the hard work. And I know that as soon as we start facing sleepless nights, and when we enter into unknown territories of how to care for these crying babies, uh, teaching them to sleep, and sometimes we have to teach them to sleep. Somehow they don't seem to know how to do that well. We have to teach them to eat, to speak, to share, to know Jesus, to handle conflict, to contribute to the life of our family, to be obedient to authority, to resist temptation, to grow in wisdom, and so many other things. Everything a child needs to learn uh, can be overwhelming when we realize that it's on us ultimately as parents to to teach them. And in this process, as we're tired and maybe feel stretched beyond our own understanding, sometimes our hearts get exposed and what we discover might be a little bit ugly. I recently read a quote that stated, your kids are not making you crazy. They are revealing your sin. It's a quote by the Reformed Homemaker. And that that can be kind of hard to hear, but it's truth, and it's truth that we need to hear. And I think any of us that have parented for any amount of time, we will realize that no matter how hard we try it, once we have kids, our sin starts getting exposed, oh, right? Man. <laughs> And so as moms, we have to be willing to do the intensive work in our own hearts while at the same time caring for the inner soul of our children. It's not necessarily, you know, step one, I get myself all together, and then step two, my, you know, I work on my kids. No, we're working on ourselves at the same time. 
And uh, so we have to make sure that we're not blaming our kids. Blaming our kids is unfair to them. It's untruthful and it's it's destructive on them. If they hear us blaming them because we're feeling frustrated, that's going to shame them and give them a weight of responsibility that is not theirs to carry. And so if we are tempted to blame our kids for our sinful behavior, we're actually acting more like Eve in the Garden of Eden or than a woman who has actually been transformed by the blood of Jesus Christ. And so we have to be willing to do the hard work. We have to be honest with ourselves. Um, I do, I think we have to acknowledge the fact that we do live in some unprecedented times. And over the last couple of years, our culture has clearly exposed an anti-God worldview and created a totalitarian government. And both of these things have made it evident that we need to change the way we parent. And so, Sandy, I thought um, I'd love to hear from you how um, you have seen that children have been impacted by an anti-God culture, and how can we as moms be intentional about raising our children, children to know and worship God in a culture like this? Ooh. <laughs> yeah. So I think I think if our children are in a public school system as Christians, they are probably the minority. Mm. Sunday is just another day of the weekend for most Canadians. And I believe it's harder and harder for Christian children to be able to speak up or to even just stand firm when they're surrounded by people who have never been exposed to the gospel or who are anti-God. It isn't cool to be the different kid when you're in elementary or high school. You really just want to fit in. I mean, we all really just want to fit in. Um, my daughter actually got into trouble for, for talking about God at public school in grade two and I've taught grade two, and part of the curriculum is celebrating different cultures and communities. Um, but thankfully, we had a great conversation about it and about which authority she should follow. And as parents, I think we certainly need to be able to talk to our kids about what's happening in their schools, what's happening with their friends, what they're learning. We need to ask them what they think about what they're learning and what they think that God thinks about it. I've thought about this a lot, Susie, and when I sent my kids to public school, I wanted them to be a light to their classmates and their teachers. But really, I think we do a disservice to our kids by sending them into a mission field that they're not equipped to handle. They're still developing. They're learning how to read and write. Um, we ended up pulling our kids out of public school about two years ago, and we've been homeschooling. And I overheard my son tell a friend who had been homeschooled her whole life about public school. And he said, you'd hate it. <laughs> she, wanted to, she wanted to spend a, a day or a few days at public school. And this is what he told her. He said, the kids are rude. They say bad words. They don't listen to their teacher. They fight. I thought all my friends believed in God, but they didn't. Now all my friends are Christians and my faith is strong. If I was still in public school, I don't know if I'd even be a Christian. Hmm. And he was 11 when he said this. We need to take their education and their discipleship back into our hands. So find godly families, spend time together, cultivate friendships through play dates, field trips, adventures, trips with other believers. Ask them questions about their faith and listen to them. Encourage them, pray with them. 
And as moms, we should be watching other moms who parent well. I see how you and Aaron have raised five children who are all serving the Lord, and I want to learn from you guys. And I think another aspect of this is explaining to your children what is happening in our world and discussing your response to it, reminding your kids to go back to God's word. Um, as we, as adults are learning how to respond to the things that are changing around us. Mm-hmm. I think that's that's super important. Uh, some of the things that you were saying, quite a few things. Mm-hmm. And one of the things is actually listening to our kids and asking them to discern what they're hearing and what they're being taught. Yeah. So they actually have to, critically evaluate, like, how am I actually interpreting this? And how does this actually align with God's word? Mm -hmm. Because yes, there is a a place for parents to teach our kids and to tell them this is right, this is wrong, that is false. But there's also wisdom in asking the right questions so that they can discover it for themselves, so that they can learn to be critical thinkers. Because when you aren't there to ask the questions, they still will be. And Mm -hmm. we want our kids to to be those kind of kids. So whether they're watching something on TV or reading something in a book or hanging out with friends or uh, in, a, in a classroom setting, if they're hearing something that doesn't sound biblical, we want them to be able to discern that. Mm-hmm. So I think that's that's super important. Mm-hmm. Uh, raising kids to be discerning and being willing to ask questions, being allowed. I think there's some environments where kids aren't even allowed to ask questions. Right. We should allow that because that's how they were gonna, they're going to grow and be able to come up with conclusions that aren't just mainstream or just what other people are telling them, but they're actually able to say, well, does this actually line up with God's words? Mm-hmm. I think that's super important. And, um, and then being willing to do the tough thing. And just because we thought that when our kids started elementary school that public school is the right thing right. doesn't mean that five years later it's still the right thing. Mm-hmm. So if, um, if we're always learning and uh, um, understanding culture, sometimes we, we change our mind Absolutely. about the route that we thought we were heading. And that's okay right. because ultimately we want to be listening to God and His Spirit directing us as we discern the times that we're living in and make changes according to that. Like I know we've cha- changed schooling methods right. over the course of our children's uh, growing up years because we did what was best at the time. Mm -hmm. And so we have to be willing to do that. And uh, uh, so those are just kind of like uh, little highlights or just really we're we're touching the surface on things that we can do. Uh, But hopefully that gives some of our listeners uh, the start of being able to raise their kids in an anti-God culture Um, Because we've also seen the devastating effects of a government that was formerly democratic and is now openly and unashamedly practicing totalitarianism. And it was evident with the very first lockdown that was propagated to be two weeks to flatten the curb. Mm. And initially, I think I know my kids were in school at the time and they thought, oh, yay, we have two (laughs) weeks for March break. This is amazing. But as those two weeks turned into three and then four and then five and then finally ended up being the entire year, school year, uh, we started seeing some of those devastating effects and kids uh, and teens started having more eating disorders. I think that was a huge one. They had depression, suicide and suicidal attempts. And 
moms were desperate trying to get the word out through various platforms. And I know one of them was Save Our Youth, trying to raise awareness. And it seemed like nobody was listening. Nobody cared about the effects of these kids, that these restrictions were having on kids. And uh, so by the time that our kids did go back to school, if, if parents chose to send them back in September, they had to be masked, they had to be social distanced, they were in pods. I know at this point they're pushing vaccinations, and I don't even think schools will allow kids to be part of extracurriculars if they don't vaccinate, particularly with sports. And so there's all these restrictions, and parents are now left raising children with the aftermath of all these devastating effects uh, some of them which aren't even fully lifted yet. And uh, so I know for myself, some of my main concerns for children are just how fear has affected them. Depression, how many kids are depressed. They're lacking in social intelligence. Kids who used to be extroverts or, or kids who love social settings would now prefer just to sit at home, often sitting home with just their parents or in front of screens because they don't even know how to have relationships anymore. They're intimidated to actually get out in social settings with their peers, and this isn't good for them. Uh, some kids even prefer to hide behind masks. It's like, you know, covering up their shame and their fear. And so this is just largely concerning to me, and I think we're going to have to deal with this for, for years to come to try and help kids who have been isolated and who have been under all these restrictions to learn how to live healthy lives within community. And Sandy, I believe that as parents, we we are ultimately mm -hmm. responsible to raise our children. And we shouldn't depend on government or any other sec secular social structure to help us develop our little disciples. Now, this doesn't mean that we can't at time use the resources that our secular culture gives us, but we have to be very careful. We have to be discerning and not to depend on them because ultimately it comes back to us, right? Mm -hmm. And so we have to take ownership and you, you kind of uh, um, touched on that earlier, so we're just going to expand on that a little bit. But under God, we have to raise our little ones in a spiritually, emotionally, physically, relationally, and educationally healthy way. And we do this not by excusing their behavior. And we can't even say, well, they're acting this way because of the restrictions over the last two years. And so if little Susie doesn't want to go into kids' ministry because she's shy— as a result of not being exposed to people outside her family, the fault isn't primarily on the restrictions, but on us as parents. We are responsible to socialize our children, to train them up, to be respectful and to be kind. That's our responsibility. And so if little Susie is failing in these areas, we as parents need to learn to apply God's word and teach little Susie how to be comfortable and relate to people in a in an environment that um, is in community. We are called to raise our kids in community, and it's on us to make sure that that happens and to give them the the right uh, the tools and the confidence and uh, the opportunities to learn how to do that. And sometimes they're gonna they're gonna have some failures and they're gonna learn through that. But we can train them and teach them using God's word to know how to love other people to to talk to other people, to be confident around other people, knowing that ultimately they're children that have been created by God and that ultimately our worth and our identity, our belonging come from Him. 
And as we teach them these truths and give them some skills on how to communicate and, and have conflicts and relate to other other people, we will raise kids that are, are healthy, regardless of what they see in the world, right? And so as we reclaim our God-given responsibilities, um, we we have to be intentional. And sometimes we've handed our children off to the government. And so we need to take on that responsibility again because God has entrusted them to us and not to the ungodly rulers of the country. And uh, so, Sandy, I know you and Paul have been very intentional and taken some bold steps, made some hard decisions to reclaim your responsibility over your children. So would you mind sharing with us a little bit about the things that you and Paul have done? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I definitely agree that we need to take take that responsibility back. We've we've given up that responsibility as Christians for so long. Um, and it's certainly not getting better or more godly at school in Canada. I mean, parents aren't even allowed into the classroom anymore or even sometimes even the school, and that should raise a red flag for parents. Um, I've given up a career that I loved as a teacher to homeschool our four kids, and I have no regrets at all. It was really difficult last year, um, but we dug in, and we've seen our children's faith um, just blossom over these past two years. Um, Maybe my only regret would be that I would have done it sooner, Mm. but it's definitely worth it claiming that that God-given right as parents as their first educators, um, our kids, their souls are worth it in the long run. Absolutely. Yeah, um, yeah that's, that's really great. And just that reminder that uh, it's our responsibility. But as we lean into the Lord and trust in Him, He actually gives us the ability mm-hmm. to, do, to do the hard work and to make those hard decisions decisions as well. And then he provides for us. And just hearing about the blessing of hearing about your kids growing in their faith and being stronger because of it, mm-hmm. it's all worth it, right? It's yeah. it's so worth it. And uh, so we want to finish well. And uh, at what point does parenting finish? I don't I don't know if there is really <laughs> a, an end in sight, right? I, my children are mostly adults now, but uh, I still feel like I'm their mom. I, I still have, um, you know, strong desire to have a relationship with them and to to nurture them and to care for them. And uh, ultimately, really, at this point, a lot of it's mentoring them from Mm. a a biblical perspective and helping them to grow as mature adults uh, Mm. without that intentional or that direct responsibility over them. But I do think that we all want to finish well Mm -hmm. and that not just in parenting, but in all of life. And so 2 Timothy 4 says, 4-7 says, I have fought the good fight, I have finished the race, I have kept the faith. Henceforth, there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day, and not only to me, but also to all who have loved is appearing. And so I think as moms, we we want that um, to be true of us. And that last part when it says, to all who have loved is appearing, may our kids Mm -hmm. love the Lord because of us. Mm-hmm. And so I pray that that verse is true, true for all of us, all of our listeners. And um, 
And then as that's true, as we keep our eyes fixed on Jesus, as we live a life of humility and repentance and always being willing to learn and to grow, uh, I think uh, we need to be real with our kids. We need them to be able to see our successes but also our failures, as long as we offer them up to Christ. Mm -hmm. And when we finish like this, I think we can be confident that we will finish well. And uh, that very likely, uh, from, from Proverbs 20, 31 verse 28, we can be confident that our children will rise up and call us blessed, and our husband also, and he will praise us. But more importantly, if we live... Um, a life of humility like this, we can be confident that the Lord will say, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. And that's from Matthew 25, 21. And I think the reminder is to be faithful doesn't mean to be perfect, but um, but to be faithful and to be humble. And when we fail, to, to repent and to seek the Lord's guidance, to know how to to restore that and to to learn to do um, to live more obediently before Him. And uh, so, as I mentioned earlier, our church has designated March to be a month of sacred prayer and fasting to end abortion. Uh, we live in a culture of achievement. Uh, we are encouraged to get the best. Education. In fact, we're not just encouraged, we're driven to get the best education, to get the highest paying jobs. As women, we want those Pinterest style homes. And sadly, babies interfere with those things. And uh, our culture, instead of adjusting the values on those things, actually just have decided to diminish the value of children. Uh, the problem is not the children, but it's actually our own hearts. Mm. Uh, we don't like to admit that, and our culture doesn't like to admit that. But instead of following the design and command of our Creator, who said uh, in Genesis one twenty one, "Be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over every living thing that moves on the earth." Instead of acknowledging that, instead of living by that command, we, our culture has decided to become their own creators, own creators of wealth and prosperity. And in doing that, we have destroyed the very good that God commanded. And that's why abortion is so highly supported in today's culture. It is uh, promoted and yet, as Christians, we have to continue to declare the truth that abortion, is, abortion isn't an option because God created every human being. Every human life is created in his image and likeness. And to kill a baby is to destroy what our creator has designed. It is a dismissal of his purposes, and it reveals a heart that, it's try, that is trying to be its own God. It's absolute idolatry. And uh, I, I believe abortion is the greatest evil and biggest deception of our day. Our culture champions it. And if you know someone right now in a crisis pregnancy, or maybe it's you, the focus so often in these pregnancies is the mother. And we look at her as the victim because after all, the poor mom, she's going to have to give up on all her dreams so that she can raise a baby. 
And if we've allowed this kind of thinking to enter our minds, we we have to repent because this is such distorted thinking. Um, maybe the mom has to delay or alter her plans and her dreams. But if she goes ahead with killing her baby, the la- baby literally has to give up its life so that the mom can continue her dreams and accomplishments. If we take a moment to think about that, we we recognize how evil that is. The mom can't give up her dreams, and yet the baby has to give up its life. This is so, so wrong, so evil before our God, our creator. And um, we have to acknowledge that the pursuit of personal advancement or the life of You know, when we have to ask ourselves, like, what's more important, the personal advancement of a woman or the life of a human that has been created in his image? The the answer is so obvious, and the conclusion has to be clear. Abortion is not an option. We have to communicate this truth. We have to be willing to talk about it because silence says a lot. And I think we as Christians have been silent for too long and we just avoid the topic because it's uncomfortable. And when when we we do find a woman who is in this um, uh, crisis pregnancy, what we call it, we, we sympathize with her and we focus so much on, on her losses rather than uh, equipping her and helping her to regain a worldview where motherhood is valued. And in fact, we need to to reestablish this worldview well before she gets into this crisis pregnancy. We want to help equip mothers and women to to love being moms, where where mothering is esteemed, where it's it's viewed as as a blessing from God, as a responsibility from God. And we want to get rid of this mindset that children are just annoying and they steal our dreams. They hinder us from doing what we really want to do. No, these little human beings have been created in the image and likeness of God. They've been entrusted to us to disciple them, to know God, to worship God, and to work for God. And so I think... uh, One of the things we need to begin by doing and be very intentional about doing is reestablishing a worldview where motherhood is valued again. And so, Sandy, I just thought it'd be great to hear from you on some practical Mm -hmm. steps of how we can reestablish a worldview that that is honoring to the Lord, that values mothers, that values children. And so, yeah, if you just have a a few things that you can share with Mm -hmm. us, I know you have some good wisdom there. Yeah, I appreciate um, what you said about abortion. It is absolutely atrocious how we've allowed that in our culture, in our in our country. And I know I've been silent about it for, for way too long. Um, yeah, I think the past two years have given many of us a wake-up call. You know, we've been complying with the culture for decades allowing the world to speak into the Christian culture rather than the other way around and having Christians speak into the culture and shape the culture. Just like we need to take our kids' education and discipleship back, we have to take back the Christian view of motherhood, of family roles, the husband, the wife, the children, the role of the government, the role of the church, and rooted and grounded in the truth of God's word 
using biblical language with things like mental health, discipline, um, and speaking positively about stay-at-home moms without um, feeling shamed or um, needing to make excuses, changing that terminology and maybe taking back that um, that wording. Yeah. Absolutely. I think that's so important uh, to reclaim biblical terminology. Mm-hmm. We've gotten so accustomed because we listen to secular media. We listen, you know, watch. Yeah. We're on secular um, social media posts. We're we're watching secular uh, psychology, and we're we're learning their terminology, and we're using that more than we're using biblical terminology because it's almost we're afraid to use biblical terminology because it's so clear, it's so directive, mm-hmm. and it offends our culture, and yes. we're afraid of that. And so we have to stop being afraid of culture because we're actually allowing them to dominate and to actually be the main teachers of of our children and even of ourselves. And we're adopting and actually valuing their methods over biblical methods. Mm -hmm. Let's get back into God's word. Let's get back into the way that God taught us. The Bible is our handbook for parenting, for mothering, for marriage, for raising children has so much wisdom in there. It's clear. It's it's. It might be hard to follow, but the Lord, through His Word and His Spirit, equips us to raise those children for His glory. And I think we will actually be blessed, and we will actually gain a freedom if we follow God's words, God's ways mm-hmm. over man's ways. Yeah. And um, so many times I think we're actually left somewhat conflicted because we're kind of listening to the world, kind of listening mm-hmm. to God, and somehow we're trying to make both of them work, but it doesn't work. It doesn't work. Right? Let's get back to to God's Word and, and following that confidently without feeling like we need to make an excuse. And mm-hmm. like, uh, I'm not sure you might have mentioned before already, but uh, uh, my husband Aaron often says we don't apologize as creatures, we don't apologize for what the Creator has has demanded or what He has said. And so let's not apologize mm-hmm. for God's way of parenting. It works, and it's best for us. And yeah. I think when we do that, we'll actually raise better disciples, stronger disciples, and children who are actually able to know how to live within culture without compromising their faith and relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. And so we want to do that together. It's hard to do it on our own. But when we as moms live in community and raise our kids in community, we can build each other up. We can support each other. We can mentor each other. We can teach each other and redirect each other, right? Because if one of us starts wandering or drifting or sounding more like the world, we can call each other back to that biblical way of living and um and uh, raising our children and speaking, and we will all be blessed because of that. So let's support each other to be life givers, the life givers that God has designed us to be. So thanks for joining me, Sandy. Thank you, Susie. This was great.